I want to welcome you back to day four together of our fifth week of our look through First and Second Kings. We're going to look at Second Kings 5 today, one of the most familiar stories in all of the book of Second Kings. We're going to take two or three days to look together at this story from some different angles. It's the story of the healing, the miraculous healing of a man by the name of Naaman. This was a man who seemed to have everything, but he had a problem, a deep problem. He was suffering with leprosy. Listen to what happens in verse 1 of Second Kings 5. Now, Naaman was the commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. So here is this man who is a commander of one of the enemies of Israel, but we begin to hear this story about him. Now, why are we hearing a story about one of the enemies of Israel? Listen to what happens. In verse 2 to 3, a solution is offered to his problem. Now, bands from Aram had gone out and had taken captive a young girl from Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, if only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. Now, what I'd like to do together today is look at how Naaman reacts to this suggestion and also how that reaction applies to my life, to your life, and how we trust God for his miraculous work. Because just like Naaman had a problem that seemed unsolvable, no one could cure leprosy in that day. Still today, there's, no, there's treatment, but there's no cure for leprosy. Every one of us is suffering from problems in our lives that we cannot heal on our own. We all need healing. We need spiritual healing. We need emotional healing. We need physical healing. Spiritual healing is actually our greatest need. If we're not healed spiritually, if your relationship with God is not healed, the effects of that are going to last into eternity. We all have the problem of sin in our lives, all of sin, Romans 3.23. All have the problem of separation from God, and we need healing of our relationship with God. Naaman was offered as the solution of meeting the prophet in Israel. You and I, we go to Jesus, the person of Jesus, the Lord. That's where we find our healing. And as we walk through this, I want to think specifically about spiritual healing that you need. I know your mind is also going to go to physical healing that you might need, and that's okay, but I want to focus specifically on the spiritual healing that we all need. We'll talk about physical healing the next couple of days together. As we look through this personally, through the eyes of Naaman, what does it take to be healed? Three things, three very simple things. First, you admit what you need. Verses four and five, chapter five, four and five. Naaman went to his master, and he told him what the girl from Israel had said. By all means, go the king of Aram replied. Naaman's first reaction to the solution that's offered, it's a good reaction. He's got the right attitude toward his problem. He could have run from his problem. He could have been too ashamed to admit that he had leprosy. He could have just said, well, I even try. It's hopeless anyway. No one can help. Or he could have been too proud to show a weakness. One of the greatest weaknesses, of course, is pride. That's what lets problems engulf us and our families for generations sometimes. But instead of having any of these attitudes, Naaman has the attitude to say to himself, I have a problem. I am suffering from leprosy, and I'm going to seek a solution to that problem. There are millions of people in the world today who suffer from the problem of sin in their lives, and they're living frustrated, purposeless, lonely, empty lives because simply because they're too afraid or they're too proud to admit that they have a problem. Sometimes we're too afraid because we think there's not an answer. There is an answer to a problem of separation from God. There are probably just as many people in this world who they know something is wrong, but they say to themselves, well, there's no solution. I I know I've got a problem. I know I'm a sinner, but there's just no solution. And they'll never find that solution because they're not willing to look to the only one who has the solution. 
the healing of your relationship with God starts with admitting that you have that need, but then you have to do something with admitting that. That's not enough. Second, you have to go to God with that need. So starting in verse four down to verse seven, Naaman went to his master and told him what the girl from Israel had said. By all means go, the king of Aram replied. I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So Naaman left, taking with him 10 talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold, and 10 sets of clothing. The letter that he took to the king of Israel read, with this letter I am sending my servant Naaman to you so that you may cure him of his leprosy. As soon as the king of Israel read this letter, he tore his robes and he said, am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this fellow send someone to me to be cured of his leprosy? See how he's trying to pick a quarrel with me. So Naaman's got the right attitude. I got a need. He goes to his king and his king sends him to the wrong person. He gets off track. Even though he had the right attitude, he admitted his need. He went to the wrong person to meet that need. Instead of the prophet, he went to the king. He went to what seemed to be the most powerful place. Instead of God, he went to a man. And we do that today. People turn to what seems to be the most powerful thing to meet their need. So they turn to human actions and human philosophies and human religions to try to meet needs that only God can meet. Now, there are some things, obviously, if, you, if you've got a plumbing problem, you can turn to a plumber. If you've got a medical problem, you can turn to a doctor. But many medical problems, doctors can help some, but you know that only God's going to do the healing in the end. You trust God for what only God can do. You don't trust a human being to do what only God can do. And only God can heal your loneliness. Only God can bring your relationship with him back together again. You can't do that by your works. You can only do it by the work of God. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me, only through Jesus. Now, it's interesting. Naaman went to the king, realized that's not where I'm supposed to be. In a minute, we're going to read that he does go to Elisha finally. People can often do go to God to get help, but then they realize they've not gotten the help that they need because the truth of the matter is they're not really trusting God. They're trusting the person that they went to. People can, they often do help, but you cannot expect another person to be God. Your best friends are the people in your life who help you to get to God with your need. God cares about every need in your life, even the plumbing problem. He wants you to trust him for the anxiety you have about that. Only he can cure the anxiety. Only he can heal that. When you look at the healing ministry of Jesus, you see that those he healed called out to him or they came to him. They admitted their need. So that's the second part, the second step that we have to take. You don't go to a human being with that need. You go to God with that need. He may want to use some human beings in meeting that need. No doubt about it. He often does. But you go to God for the meeting of that need. Now you think, okay, that's it. I admitted the need. I went to God. There's actually a third step. This is the one many people miss. Then you trust God to meet your need. Going to God is not enough. Trusting God is what you need to meet that need. Listen to what happens in verses 8 down through verse 12. When Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his robes, he sent him this message. Why have you torn your robes? Have the man come to me, and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to say to him, go, wash yourself seven times in the Jordan and your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. But Naaman went away angry and he said, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand 
and call on the name of the Lord his God. Wave his hand over me and over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. Are not Abana and Fafar, the rivers of Damascus, better than the waters of Israel? Couldn't I have washed in them and be cleansed? So he turned and he went off in a rage. A lot of people go to God with their need who don't trust God to meet that need. I went to church, I prayed, but did you do what God told you to do when you went to church, when you prayed? Just saying I talked to God about it doesn't mean that you're trusting God with it. Those are two different things. And many, many people don't know Christ. They don't have a relationship with God because they prayed about needs in their life, but they've never trusted God with their lives, with your future, with your salvation, with your hope of heaven. You're trusting in your good works still, the good things that you can do. You have to trust him. Now, thanks to the king's advice, Naaman finally went to the right man, but he walked away angry. Now, why did he respond this way? Well, it was his pride. He wanted it to be really spectacular, and it wasn't. It was his lack of faith. He couldn't understand how it could work. He could have washed in the waters of his own rivers. So he began to leave in anger, but he's given some advice, some super advice, This is some of the most important advice about faith that you'll find anywhere in the Bible, and it's right here in this fifth chapter of 2 Kings, verses 13 and 14. Naaman's servants went to him and said, my father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more then when he tells you, wash and be cleansed? So he went down and he dipped himself in the Jordan seven times, as the man of God had told him, and his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. This is an amazing advice. If God had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more when he tells you just to wash and be cleansed? Many, many people, this is where they get stuck at having a relationship with Christ. Jesus says, just trust me. I've done it all. I'm offering you the gift. I died for you on the cross. I was resurrected. It's just a simple prayer of trust. No, I can't do that, you think. I've got to do more because the gift is so big. It's your pride that's saying that. Just like Naaman's pride was telling him, I've got to do some great thing. If God told you to push a peanut with your nose up that mountain, you do it. But when Jesus just says, just trust me, somehow you can't. That's how you know your pride's involved. Now in verse 14, Naaman finally puts it all together. He listens to his servant. He's asking the right questions. He went to the right man, and now he's got the right response. He trusts God, and he's cleansed. And this Old Testament story is an example to us of how God wants to spiritually cleanse every one of us by trusting in Jesus Christ. The healing from sin that Christ offers you, it's simple to understand, but it's hard to accept for many people because you have to trust God and not trust yourself. And that may be the first time you've not trusted yourself. You've always trusted just you, not even other people and certainly not a God that you can't see. The only way to get a relationship with God is by trusting in what God has done, because I can't do enough. He's God and I'm not. So I confess, I've sinned, I've done wrong things. I repent, I turn the opposite direction from that sin and ask God to begin to change my life. I ask Jesus to be the Lord of my life. Maybe you've never made that commitment. You're not sure you've made that commitment. You can make it right now. If God had asked you to do some great thing, you would, but now he's offering you this great gift. Receive it. Just in prayer right now, just say, Jesus Christ, I receive your gift of salvation. I ask you to forgive my sins, and I thank you that you've given the gift of forgiveness by dying on the cross. And I ask you to give me life. 
the kind of life that you made me to live. And I thank you that you've given me that life by being resurrected from the dead, that that gift is right there. And so instead of trusting myself, I trust you because you are trustworthy. Now, maybe you made that decision, committed your life to Christ many years ago, but you've got something different you need to trust God with right now. Some decision, some relationship, some hurt. God, I admit my need. God, I come to you with this need. And God, I trust you to meet this need. In Jesus' name, amen. Join us tomorrow. We're going to learn some more about healing from the miracle of the healing of Naaman.